0: The past, it used to be a newspaper. The Buff Podcast, not outclassed, mass. Get it on we to the end of the game. The Buff Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Iles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is your weekly look at the Bolton Wanderers headlines if they've been filtered through the mind of Salvador Dali. And on The Buff this week... Don and Dusted, Kieran Sadlier sticks a middle finger up at the Keepo Boo Boys. Bod's Law. Two goals for our favourite Icelander against Aki. Daps the way. uh uh Uh-huh. Christ, who writes this? Aphalion's link the Cardiff. And the survey says. (coughs) We reveal what the fans really think about Wanderers. But first. Let's hear from James Trafford. It's not really like, it's not a big thing, like I've had bottles of water in my room for longer. And now let's hear from John Dandibod Varson. You know, you just go to Tesco's and everyone wants to shake your
1: hand and talk to you about football and I think it's great.
0: Oh, it's nice, isn't it? I thought it was quite nice anyway. Loads to talk about this week, but before we get started, it's time to announce the winners of last week's competition to win an exclusive buff mug, they're running out, we've only got a couple left, um, we played a clip of commentary to ask you who Bolton Modules were playing, here's the clip It's got through here for Nolan, and Kevin Nolan in with a chest. and it spins away and Bolton have got the equaliser, and Kevin Davis has brought Bolton level and stunned the... Name of stadium here. With his first ever goal in Europe, Khan is beaten Go Kevin Davis. Goal! Bolton Wanderers. Two-two. Well, a quick... and of course it was Bayern Munich. Congratulations to Mr. Kevin Davis from Paul, Mr. Ricardo Gardner from Manchester. Uh, no, not really. They've not really won the competition. But uh, the real congratulations go to Daniel Green from Dunfermline and Ashley Southern from Little Lever. Your mug is in the post, gents, and so, by the way, is the guys that won last week's so We're going to do it one shot. It's just easier that way. It's the way the postal service works. And now it's time to introduce the co-host of this podcast and a man whose devotion to wanderers is so deep he even voted for Emmanuel Macron in the presidential elections in France. It's Henry Hewitt. There we go. That's a contemporary reference for you.
1: It is. Bonjour. De, de whatever else in fact, i do not do french at school but uh it's uh no it's good to be back it's a nice day and uh and wanderers are winning so what what more can we ask for
0: well you can ask not to be uh compared to a, a far-right leaning uh rather controversial politician to be honest but uh, this isn't a politics podcast as we've discussed before uh it's a football podcast it's all about bold wanderers and it was a double winning weekend they beat doncaster and then they finally beat Accrington Stanley as well. Um, I mean, wh- which one pleased you more? Um,
1: probably the Accrington one. Doncaster with we've, uh, with we've, yeah, we've played them. We probably won't play them for a, lo- a long time. Um, and uh, although it was nice for Doncaster in the Doncaster game to get that Good Friday stat off our backs, I, I didn't
0: know that. Was it 1963? Our last win on a Good Friday. 1963, and it was. It was very short-lived stat for me because I don't remember them saying last year that it was 1963. I, I can't, I, if you'd have asked me, honestly, last week, do you work at a game every single Good Friday? I would have said yes. In, in mm. my life, I, would, I can't remember ever having Good Friday off or not being at a game. And yet, they don't play every year on a Good Friday. I, I sort of went back and they've only played 10 games on a Good Friday since 1963.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by that. To be honest, I thought it was a lot more. But hey, no, obviously not. And uh, that's why we. I I've got to say, a few stats came out over the weekend that are just great stats. You know, Bolton Wanderers are the kings of like just odd stats. Like the the one where we've been in the the top division longest without winning it, and yes. uh, the the m- most games lost on bank, Easter Bank Holiday Monday, and not one. You know, it's just we're. Uh, uh, obviously a very historic team and that tells with some of the stats they get thrown out every now and again
0: It's just all or nothing I think with Bolton and I think it always has been you're either the best at something or the worst at something and that's, uh, that's why all <laughs> yeah. the stats come out but they're definitely better on, on Good Friday than Doncaster I'm, I'm glad they won that game I know it, it was a little bit tighter than you probably would have expected but uh, sadly I had the last laugh in the end he finished that goal fantastically with that, that far post volley didn't he?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and I agree with, I think it was Dean Ashton on Quest who said it was the goal of the weekend. I was, because I was behind the goal. Um, and you could, yeah, I just thought the the control of it. First time on the volley, side foot volley as well, which I'm not a footballer, but um, of my, reminiscing on my days in the North Berry Junior League uh, 20 years ago, I know that is a hard skill to perfect. So, uh so yeah, it was it was nice to see that he, it's a shame Dion couldn't do that on Monday, to be fair, but it was nice that sadly he got to have the last lap.
0: Yeah, I mean, he got given a fair amount of abuse. What I found was interesting, I actually said that on uh, Twitter over the weekend and kind of mentioned the boo boys. And a lot of the people in the away end couldn't hear it, you were in the away end, did you hear the home fans giving sadly a grief?
1: Uh, little bits, yeah. the start of a game, I could just hear little bits. And I, I, I've i got to be honest, I didn't remember that he played for him. I think when I, I then remembered seeing the goal compilation videos from when yeah. he signed, I thought, oh, he did play for Doncaster, of course, because you're associating with Rotherham um, and that goal he, he scored when playing in Ireland. But Doncaster, he seemed to forget. So, yeah, it's, uh, he, he obviously didn't leave in good circumstances, I'm guessing, if they're booing him.
0: But I think if it, because he ended up down on the road in Rotherham, I think they'd probably, it'd be like, you know, a Bolton player playing for Wigan, I assume, um, mm. which, which has happened about 10 million times. So I think probably used to it now. But uh, yeah. no, I was, look, I mean, they were definitely, uh, they were definitely the better team, Bolton. But I think if you look, I think it was Trafford's best performance in a, in a Bolton shirt. He made some absolutely crucial saves. That one from the free kick, where he seemed to kind of chop at it with the outside of his hand, was absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. I, I, it was only when I saw the highlights afterwards that I, I actually saw what went on because during the game you see it and I, I thought as it didn't, because of the way it, it normally the goalie saves it, he get, pushes it out or pushes it wider over. The uh, he's to going. His, his, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whereas he kind of came back on himself and went wide. I thought, what has happened? Because they were <laughs> cheering. I thought, oh, it's a goal and then it went wide. but. No, seeing it back and seeing some of the other saves, he's. I think in the last few weeks, Trafford's coming to his own a little bit. I think uh, you know, I know he he kept all those clean sheets at the start, um, but we kind of caveated that at the start. We're going well. He's not really been tested because the defense are playing a lot better. I think in recent weeks, where he has been tested, I think he's done quite well.
0: I think he's coming for crosses a lot more. He looks more confident. I mean, mm. I asked him that after the game, and he he kind of balked at it a bit. He's like, you know, I've never I've never not been confident. It's just. Uh, you know, we're we're just kind of working on things. Maybe the communications a bit better. He's he's been chopped and changed with the back four that's or the back three rather that's in front of him. So, uh, yeah, maybe we're starting to see this young uh, young man blossom. And I, I I would love to have him back next season, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I would. And uh, I don't know about you, but I think somebody shared it after the game on Friday. His interview with the the club. Um, and I don't know, just a few things he was saying, were hinting that he might be uh, might be staying. I don't know, you know, maybe you know a bit more than us, but it's, uh, it's suddenly, whereas before we have spoke about it and thought, yeah, he would have to be alone. I, I think he's happy at Man City trying to challenge. I don't know, it's made my, he's uh, put it at about maybe a 6.57 in the rating that
0: he could stay. Well, maybe you want to ask that question of me in headlines later on in the appropriate segment, Henry. Oh,
1: yes, that would, that would make sense. We do. Some people may argue against it, but we do actually plan this show.
0: A little bit, a little bit. Um, <laughs> you are right in saying that the Aki curse was broken. I, I mean, uh, I, I, I always get myself in hot water when I say this, but I, I'm pretty sure in, that Bolton have never beaten Accrington Stanley in a league mm. game. Um, because there was two different types of Accringtons before they went bust in the 60s. And I always get myself messed up with that stat. But I'm pretty sure that that is the first time they've been in Accrington-Stanley. Um, and, you know, undeservedly so. They were, they were much the better team. Yeah, they were. I thought um,
1: they were... Uh, spelling the first five or ten minutes of the second half where Accrington seemed to be on top, that's when they got the goal. But I thought overall uh, we were the better team. In the first half, though, I could just... I, it was it was so frustrating to watch until apalline scored partly because of the way we were playing and then secondly because of acrington's tactics you know i think mm-hmm. the the trainer came on about four times the the center half who's 6 foot 5 jumped into apalline and then ends up on the floor which apalline got booked for which was odd but um yeah you could see the kind of trying to stop the flow which we've we've argued before that bolton are going to have to learn to play against this type of uh this tactics especially next season if we're going to push up the league so to come out 3-1 winners is a, is a good sign I think
0: yeah I think they struggled struggled against that kind of full court press to use a basketball term they, they were very high tempo but I always got the feeling that so long as they could just keep themselves and once that fly and put them 1-0 up that was that was it for me I was I was quite confident but like I, I it, you, you, there was no way they were going to do that for 90 minutes so I was like, right, I'm not going to write anything on my match report until like 65, 70 minutes now because it'd just be wasted words. And sure enough, <laughs> that triple substitution off the bench. Here comes a fresh attack. Bang! The Ice Man comes in. Uh, fantastic, John. I mean, Bob Varson, y- Yon Daddy Bob Varson. I shouldn't say John. It's Yon Daddy Bob Varson. Uh, turning into a bit of a bit of a terrorist hero at the moment.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, the goals were great, brilliant, brilliant finishes. Um, I, I really don't know what happened at Millwall uh, because their fans seemed happy for him to be going. But since signing for us, I don't know whether he's dropping down the league, different style of play. Yeah. He just seems really, really good. And I think sometimes you watch him, and he's uh, he's a bit on because he's tall, and he's uh, he, I think he's Peter Crouch esque, where he's all legs a little bit sometimes. But I think. He's finishing, and his uh, his ability in the air is is fantastic. And um, you know, over the weekend, he's he's what uh, assist, assisted Bakayoko's goal against Doncaster. Scored two. It's it's yeah, he's he's looking good, and he seems he seems to really enjoy it. He seems happy, and and of course, you don't you don't do your PR any harm when you're seen playing football with a, a young fan outside the ground as well.
0: Yeah, I think he was so desperate to get his hat trick, he was just gonna do it any which way. I mean don't don't misinterpret that as being a, a good deed. He basically dragged that little girl and made her stay there until he scored a third goal. <laughs> that's that's what it was really. Um no, it was it was lovely. Uh, do you know, he's a really nice guy. Really nice guy. I know you kinda of say that about a few players and uh, you know, you try and get on with everybody, but you can just tell. He gets it. He gets he gets he likes Bolton. I think it's helped that they've got that kind of rich tradition of Icelandic players that have all been popular. There may be something in that national trait that just gets, you know, being in this part of the world, uh, you know, the, mm. the Steinsons, the Bergsons, the Good Johnson's, they've all loved it around here. Um, and he, he obviously got good things said to him from the club. He, he, he understands the kind of the history of the place as well. So, yeah, I, I think... I think next season I'm really looking forward. I just hope you know, he stays fit, gets that little bit of luck you're going to need and uh, and I think he could be a real weapon because he's, he's a player I think should be playing at a higher level. I think that's why mm. he's, he's coming in and looked as good as he is because he's not a League One player. Um, but obviously he's going to have to help Bolton get to that level um, and hopefully next season.
1: Yeah, and uh, hopefully with a season, another season down in League One, if he can put in the performances that he has been doing uh, in the last few months, then he can he can have a storming season next year, and then go into the championship with a bit of confidence. Maybe he just needed—he's always been a championship player. He just needed to drop down a bit of level to get the confidence back, and then go go back forward. So, uh, no, he's definitely someone I'm looking forward to seeing how he does next year.
0: Two games to go, then can Bolt Mundras stay undefeated? Probably that's the that's the target. You'd you'd assume there'd be a top ten position if they stay undefeated.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh I think it's if we can do that, if we can finish on a high, it would end up being whatever it is, six or seven games unbeaten to end the season. And we've seen before that um momentum leaving a season can influence how we start the next one. I think back mm-hmm. to the, the 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 season after the Stoke FA Cup semi final game where we didn't win another game. I think we won the week after, didn't we, against Arsenal and then lost six in a row. And then we started the season by losing seven out of eight. So, I think it does, uh, it does help the, the players going into the summer break on a high. And, um, and, yeah, there's two games we can win. There's potentially something for Fleetwood on the, uh, on the last game anyway. So, that keeps it interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, if we can finish on a high, then um, we can all go into the summer happy and looking forward to next year.
0: Well, I mean, the season might be nearly over, but they still make me fill 20 pages of newspaper with wondrous stories every single week. So, in order to to just chart some of the work I've been doing, Henry, let's have a look at some headlines.
1: News. Uh, yeah, well, the first one is about Dapo off a lion. He's uh, been linked already uh, with the likes of Cardiff. It's going to be a long summer, isn't it, trying to uh, keep tabs on what's happening with Dapo. Um, so, what? where's your thoughts with it at the moment? If you had to put ten P on it, whether he'd start the season with us, where would it go?
0: Well, the, as I understand it, Cardiff are looking for... Somebody, you know, an inside forward, left, you know, a left-sided player. I think they've looked at Jed Wallace as well. By all accounts, he's going to be available on a free transfer, but he's that bit older. Sent scouts to watch Dapo. Uh, we know that Fulham have also watched Dapo as well, and you know, they. I keep on hearing there's more in the in the mix as well, especially with um, Ricardo Santos as well. Sorry, I'm spilling my tea all over me at the same time as talking to you. This, is particularly professional, but yeah. Um, I I think it's too early to say at the moment. I I don't feel from either Dapo or or indeed Rico that they're pushing to move on anywhere or they they're in a rush to, you know, progress their careers higher up the the level. I think they appreciate what Bolton Wanderers has done for them and what could still happen at Bolton Wanderers. There is still room for growth as a player and as a club in the next kind of 12 months. I think if you were sat here at a club who'd finished 16th and maybe it was going to be another overhaul, a big turnover in the summer. Then I think I would be, you know, if I was Dapo, I'd be looking elsewhere because your stock's high. But I think he could probably still spend 12 months at Bolton and then, you know, kind of move move upwards in his, his career trajectory as such. And, and maybe get that top end championship move. Um, I, I, yeah, if I'm going to put 50p on it, I'm not a gambler, but I'm, I'm going to say Dapo stays and I'm going to say Rico stays this summer, but I, I don't. I think it will be one of those times where we know that they're on shortlists and that these little fragments of news do come out because, you know, the statistics, a lot of clubs do their scouting and do, do these things from the raw statistics and then they come and have a look at them in the flesh. And when you look at Rico's stats, when you look at Dapo's stats, they're at the top of a certain type of player. If you want a player who runs up runs at defenders and can score goals and can cut inside off the left you know there's not many better out there than Dapo at this level of football and it's not going to cost you an astronomical sum because this is still a a league one football club Um, you know Bolton are not under any pressure to sell of course but again you know they as a club need to sell we've said this before you know the economy has got to work for them so they're not just splashing money at it Um, you know they've got to bring in funds so If a serious bid comes in, I'm sure they'll listen to it. But I've got a feeling, just a a feeling in my water, that that they will stay.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said there about if we were a team in 16th or 17th, then you'd you'd perhaps think we're not on that upward curve. Arguably, that's Cardiff right now. So... um, Mm. You know, with respect to Cardiff, they are in a bigger league than ourselves. There is, I would say, a similar-sized club to ourselves, uh, even not based on history. We've obviously been in the Premier League a lot longer than they have been. But I just feel that I I don't know where both Dapo and Santos would fit right now at another club. I think if Fulham and Cardiff are the two that have been uh, mentioned, then... I don't think Dapo's going to play in the Premier League. So, Fulham's, he's just going there to sit on the bench. Cardiff, as you said, they'd have to really sell it big to him for him to go. I think Dapo is quite a, he seems quite an intelligent guy. I think Mm. because he's been, he's not had the conventional uh, upbringing in football, let's say. He has played in non-league. He's gone to the Premier League and it's not worked out. And then he's come down to Bolton. I think he understands that, you know, it's, I'm sure he, he does want to get to the Premier League and he wants to get there as, as quick as possible. But he also, I'm sure, understands that a season is a long time um, or a short time, if you will. So, if he has another season at Bolton, a club that, yeah, we're all expecting will finish higher than 10th next year, then he's if he has another season like this, then suddenly he goes from having one really good season in the FL to having two. And he's same with Santos, has now had two really good seasons in the FL. He then has three potentially getting a promotion into the championship and suddenly he can attract bigger wages, he can attract bigger clubs and we'll have to see what we can do next year. But we'll have to, I'm with you, I'd be very, I would, The part of me would be very surprised if either one of them left. I'd have to see which club they they would go to. Um you know, I, and you can't really argue, if, if it's a club in the Championship, you can't argue with anyone, with anyone going to that level. But I would be a bit surprised thinking, I don't know, they, as you said, we're on an upward curve. And I think another good season with us, it just, I, I, they can they can go, if they want to go at the end of next season, they can go in my blasting. But I just think now, there'd just be something missed now if they left.
0: It'll be an interesting one. I think we're going to be talking about this quite a bit as the uh, buff continues through the summer. But uh, let's have let's have another headline.
1: Uh, yeah, the I'll tell you what. Let's do the one uh, I teased before. <laughs> uh, I can ask you now. Uh, so James Trafford, as, uh, as I mentioned, spoke to the club, kind of gave the biggest hint yet that he might be staying by saying stuff like, it's a good group of lads, I'm looking forward to next year, blah, 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 blah. Where do you? I'll ask you again. Do you think he has been hinting at that he could be staying, or do you think it's maybe a we we we
0: we putting two and two together and getting five? I don't think any. It's it's almost not in his control. Is is the bottom line? There's there's no question that James Trafford would want to come back to Bolton next season because he's enjoyed himself and and he, you know obviously the fans have embraced him. They've he's enjoyed playing in this group of players. They've embraced him, and suddenly he's not a young kid who's got to prove himself. He's he's an established goalkeeper, which is great, um, but he's also Manchester City's property, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's entirely. In the lap of the gods, as to what they what they do with him, um, if if Chavy uh, uh, wants to bring him back into the squad next summer, and 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 maybe have a look at him over the summer, as sometimes that happens with the bigger clubs, that they want to have a really good look, take him away on tour, and things like that. That can interrupt, uh, you know, the the club in Bolton's position who want to have that goalkeeper right in at the start of pre season and everything sorted. So. Little things like that can interrupt these deals. Now, I'm sure that Bolton Wanderers want to re-sign him. Um, I'm sure that Bolton Wanderers want to sign him permanently. And I'm not saying that's completely out of the question either. So, uh, I think there's a little bit of negotiation to do. I think they, they probably need to get traffic back in to have a proper look at him at City. There's a few other young goalkeepers that have been out on loan as well. Certainly, uh, uh, Bazzuna at, uh, at Portsmouth has had a very good season as well, so he's in direct competition with him. Um, if they get a good bid for him, for example, will that then change the way that Manchester City look at James Trafford and say, well, actually, we need to maybe bring him out on tour with us and and blah, and blah, 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 blah. I I don't think it's as cut and dry. I mean, the, unfortunately, and it's just, it goes the same way with Marlon Fossey in, in a way, when you're contracted to one of the you know the, the Premier League clubs, there's so many different things they've got. An entire, like, entire list of uh, staff that just deal with loans. It's not really anything mm. to do with the first team. Um, and they decide what's good and what's bad for uh, for those particular players. So it's, it's a complicated one. Again, if you want my 50p, I think James Trafford will be back at Bolton next season. But it might not be as straightforward as we see him on the first day of pre-season training.
1: Yeah, I think you're right there. I think... Uh... You know, it's easy for us fans to think that it's it's an easy process, but it's it's clearly not. I think the bonus we've had with Trafford is actually um, him going to Accrington at the start of the season, mm. because if Manchester City are going to turn around to him and go, "Well, we're not ready to let you go yet. We want to have you have another season in the EFL," then he's going to look and go, "Hang on a minute, I've played at two clubs in the EFL, so I know that I could go to another club, even in the Championship, and it not work out." Whereas I can go to Bolton, you're playing yes in League One, but for a big club, bigger attendances for that level, uh, you know, a good away following. So it's, I mean, if you're looking at clubs in League One, you are going to get a more of an idea of what it's like at Man City with a club like Bolton than you are with respect to Accrington. So he could look and go, I would rather go where I know I'm going to do well under a manager I've played with before in a style that is similar to Man City. Rather than going, taking a chance somewhere else, even in the championship, and it not working out, and then suddenly you're back down the pecking order again.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a fair point, and all this goes into the mix. And there's just a lot of conversations to have. Obviously, agents come into the mix as well. Um, they they will also uh, be in his ear, and, and, and potentially I would I would assume saying, well, yeah, maybe you do need to progress your career. So. But the one thing I will say for James is that he seems to, I mean, he's he's daft as a brush. He is daft as a brush. Um, But he's a a really pleasant lad, very, very down to earth. We've really, really enjoyed talking to him this season. He's always made himself available for us as well, which is great because sometimes when you see these lone players come in from the bigger clubs, they do tend to kind of shy away a little bit and, and try and not talk about uh, their future but I think Traff's been marvelous and and he's uh, he's I would love to see him back I really would he's uh, he's been uh, part of a, a very good group of players I, I I must say that the whole the whole squad um, you know post January uh, post post Christmas has been uh, has been a pleasure to report on uh, give us another headline Henry
1: yeah, well we've got uh, we have got more of the uh the big Bolton fan survey that he did. But uh ah. before we talk about that, let's just round off some of the players that um are sort of we could be seeing next year might not do. Uh we've got Marlon Fossey, you mentioned him there. With Fulham promoted, is that a good thing for Bolton, do you think? Or um do would it not matter?
0: No, I think it's a good thing. I think if Fulham had stayed down and they would have had to have maybe remodeled any sort of finances because of course you know it's such a big chunk taken out of your revenues when you do stay in the championship and and the parachute payments kind of change um maybe they will have looked at somebody like Marlon to step in and be part of a first team squad but i think the fact that they're going up into the premier league means that everything changes there will be a you know a, a freshening up of players at a different level and i think somebody like Marlon who's now uh, you know, twenty three. Is he twenty three, I, so, um, yeah, I think? Yeah, I so. think so he's he's gone beyond the, the, the you know, potential to, to, to grow. I know he's got a little bit of time left on his contract there, but I, I think I think now, you know, the whatever agreement Bolton had when he came to the club will probably kick in. And I would be pretty confident now that Bolton can get something of the line unless Unless of course somebody with bigger, deeper pockets or or you know, that kind of thing came in. Um but I think looking at Marlon and, and also getting to know the lad as well, I think he I just know he's he's been um he's he's enjoyed his time at Bolton and that he really fancies himself to kick on there.
1: Yeah, and we would love to see him back. There's questions over his injury record, of course, yeah. but there were questions over Declan John's injury record and he's played quite a lot of times this year. So uh, you never know uh, what the you never know what the northern air can do to him. Maybe he'll uh, <laughs> he'll give us thirty odd games next year. Uh, the other man is um, actually someone who we have at the moment. Uh, Zabamichi. He got a game on Monday, but I mean, he's. I, I know a lot of fans have been doing the the plays of the season, the flops of the season this week, and he appears in most people's flop of the season. It's it's just not worked out for him, has it?
0: It's it's very harsh to call it a flop. I I, I mean I know what what people are saying. He he did have a big build up last summer, uh, and there's no question mm. that had he not got that foot injury, and and maybe had that run of games at the start of the season, we we would have seen more of what he's about. I don't think we can make any accurate kind of judgments on what type of of player he is based on what we've seen because it really has been. You know, I think is it four starts now, Uh, one of which was in the flipping pizza trophy, which barely barely matters. Mm. Um, We've seen little cameos off the bench where I think he's tried a little bit too hard. Potentially, you know, he's he's maybe not got to the pace of the game. Um, we've said on here before that he seems to suit certain pitches or certain types of opponents. So, you know, maybe that counts against him. But I don't think we've seen anything like enough of him to be able to say that he's uh, he's not got it in him to go and, and and do it elsewhere. I think I hope I hope that people have seen enough of him to get him back into England. That some club will will go for it. And I, I think he's got the pedigree as well uh, for some club to to not gamble on him, but for some club to to try and. Get him here um, in the summer. I don't think that will be Bolton. I don't think it'll be Bolton. But I, I don't think um, we can judge him too harshly. I've seen flops at Bolton Wanderers. I, you know, I, I could list you off a uh, uh, twenty people right here and now have been flops as Bolton, um, mm. and, and Zavamichi is not on that list.
1: No, I would agree. I think it's been it's a shame for him because I think uh, just before Christmas he got his goal against Cheltenham. He was showing signs that there was something there. Uh, as we said, I thought he was showing signs but then when we played at Accrington and Fleetwood, he just didn't suit his game. Mm. Um and that's the problem in League One is that as as much as you can play the likes of um Stadium of Light and Hillsborough and the, the Uniball, you know, these nice stadiums, you're also having to put in graft at Burton, Fleetwood and Accrington and you've got to do it on all pitches and mm. um yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure Zavamichi will go on and have a, a half-decent career, but I agree with you. I think, unfortunately, it's not going to be at Bolton. I think we've got too many players in, in good players in his position. And um, I'll be honest with you, your last two games, I, if you're going to ask me, would you rather play Amichi or would you rather play one of the players that's going to be here next year, then I would rather play one of them, to be honest. So, it's, yeah, I think... Uh, it's just been a shame but hey we move on um and we move on to the fan survey we mentioned it last week you have now had time to fully dissect
0: all of the results and what can you tell us um well i can tell you as uh, uh that ricardo santos was voted as player of the year which i thought was a little bit surprising i have to say um but also marlon fossey finished second dapo off third um Ooh. which Again, you know, Fosse only came in January. For him to finish uh, uh, a second is, is quite amazing. I think fourth was Gethin Jones. Um, and I think fifth was James Trafford as well. So maybe a little bit of recency bias creeping in there with that one. Um but, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to sc- scan through the the article because the, um, the survey itself has disappeared from my laptop because I closed everything down, which is not ideal, I've got to be honest. Um, but, no, Santos, Santos, number one for the fans. More than 2,000 people, I think it was about 2,300 people, did our survey until we had to close it because uh, fans of a certain other club were deciding to have their say. Um, rate the board and the boss. Uh, we asked... How we asked the people that did the survey to rate Ian Everett's, uh performance and Football Ventures' performance out of ten. Um, Ian Evert, eight point one five average, um, mm. and uh, Football Ventures eight point eight six average. Very high, <laughs> very high. Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, you, you read certain amounts into to things like this, but that that is a real um, uh, pat on the back for them. Um, lots of other things i mean you know obviously season tickets fans seem to have been really really happy with that uh not as happy it must be said as the match day experience um or the or the communication from the board i think if there's a couple of there are a couple of slightly no, there's nothing negative at all. I thought the, the general, uh, the general positivity in the whole of the answers was was there for all to see. But I think some of the questions just highlighted where some of the slight concerns lie. Now, max, match day experience is one of them. We've talked about it on here before that the club probably need to do more to entertain people or to make that kind of experience a better. I think they're bringing in the, the fan zones and all that kind of thing. And I think that's going to help. So um, hopefully it does. Maybe next season's, uh, you know, stats will be a bit better. Board communication was an interesting one because I think they get praised for what they do say, but they don't say much very often, do they? They don't,
1: know, But I'd, I think in the mind, they have got the, like, the previous ownership and how much they communicated with us, so maybe there's that bit of that where we don't want to do it too much, but the fact the thing with the club is of course we're all nosy um we're all we all want to know what's going on deep down, but the fact is that they are getting on with it in my opinion, yeah. and how much do you want to tell people like what's interesting for us to know? You know, we we prayed for a normal football club for years, and I think a normal football club is just knowing what's going on in the pitch and caring about that. Mm. I think, uh, you know, caring about the the stuff that the club are doing behind the scenes is... I don't see why we should, actually. I think we'll we'll see the differences. You know, football fans aren't stupid. If there's something bad happening, they do see it pretty quick. But in terms of, you know, commercially, like... Even little things, you're just seeing subtle changes. And like, I went into the club shop on Monday for the first time in a while, and the stuff they've got is actually decent stuff. And it's it's like we've had years of just half empty, yeah. yeah. You know, it's half empty and it's a load of rubbish. Now I'm looking around, going, oh, I like that, and I like and I like the retro shirts they've got and the the player specific t shirts. And I think the the stuff with a club badge on is quite uh, fashionable as well. So they are making these changes and it's, it's working. So um, I've got to say that personally, I am a fan and I am nosy and I would love to know everything that's happening. But deep down, I think, well, I don't need to. I can see the stuff that's happening. And actually, I just want to know what's happening on the pitch.
0: No, it's a fair, fair point you make. I think, the uh, like, like I say, uh, there was nothing negative about it. Uh, another one that, that maybe just dipped into the, the mid-range was we asked people about the, the style of football. Um, and it was a, a scale of basically naught to 10. So wherever you felt, you know, from, from bad to, to great, um, you felt that you enjoyed the style of football, you put your marker. And the overall score was weighted about 30 past halfway. So you had kind of... 40% of people were, were really good, were really happy. 49.5% were passive and 10% were, you know, kind of detractors. So again there's there's that kind of there's the shift it's not entirely one hundred percent yes, everybody loves this style of football. I think there are there is a mid, there is quite a few people in that mid range that are neither here nor there with it
1: yeah it, it's it, I can understand because you're never going to be hundred percent happy with the football that you're playing. I'm sure even a few Liverpool fans like oh I don't like the way we're playing, even though the majority do, but I think when it works it looks the Ian Everett style of play looks brilliant. I think that most people's frustrations, or especially who I sit near at the ground, is when it seems that we're passing the ball around the back. Mm. Um, but, I mean, my, my thoughts on that, like, I'm not professionally trained, I'm not a coach, but my thoughts of that is um, what the alternative is, and I've seen Bolton do this time and time again in previous managers, is just kick the ball up front. and I think we did it a little bit against Accrington it was quite clear they were trying to get the ball over the defence in that space between the goalie and Charles nearly scored from it and an Apple Lion did. But um, there were times when we were trying that, where it was just going to the the goalie, it was going to the defence. You had uh, Charles trying to win headers against six foot five defenders and it wasn't working. So for me, as frustrating as it is, if you're passing the ball around the back, you've still got the ball yeah like the alternative is kick it up and lose it and then you're back defending i would i would rather us have the ball and uh, you i think you it when you see that you can then argue well why aren't the strikers or the midfielders showing for space and i think well, since molly's coming we've got someone who does that but um yeah i think it can be frustrating, frustrating but i can understand why he's doing it and all the late goals are proving that we are tiring him out so i think there's patience needs to be there but at the same time i can totally understand that people are frustrated if it's if we're not attacking teams it seems
0: yeah yeah i mean i, I, the, I despite all that the poll showed that if if bolton kept their current squad i we're talking about you know aflai and santos staying with with the team um most people are saying playoff playoffs next season i mean 70% have said automatic promotion 63% have said top six spot, um, So, you know, that only, only really leaves you with about, uh, what, 20%? Um, and 18% of them said mid-table. So, I mean, I think if they were to sign a couple of players who are going to make a difference, that will also creep up as well. There, there is an expectation there next season for... Um, for promotion, they've they talked about which positions they want strengthening. Centre half seems to be the overwhelming favourite. Goalkeeper slightly, but we've talked about Trafford maybe being that guy. Um, uh, striker a little bit. Defensive midfield as well is another one that uh, that got quite a few votes. So you can see. Rough areas about where you, where they might improve. Um, favorite game of the season: uh, Bolton six, Sunderland nil. Came out. We did ours the other week, didn't we? And and I, I disagree yeah. with that. But you know, that's just that is what it is. Um, one thing that will amuse you, Henry: We asked about uh, rating uh, League One referees out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you? What score did you give them? You did the the survey, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I'm sure I've given. Them- Two, three. Maybe if it was having a good day or four, but it was around there.
0: Average rating three point one three.
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Um just one last one. Um we're talking about kind of outlook for the future. Um and how do you feel the medium to long term future of Bolton Wanderers football club is? Um 56% of people said very optimistic. Um, thirty-eight percent and very happy. So basically it's a very, very small amount of people who took this survey um, who, were, who were concerned about anything. We, we kind of broke it down into bits that they might be concerned about and it's something we've talked about on the podcast quite a bit about finances, especially if to go up to that next level. Um, mm. It's general concern about how the championship economy works and that the finances outside the Premier League. There's quite a lot of concern about that as well. But I think generally... The structure of the squad, people are very, very happy. Or the structure of the club, people are very happy with. It's just can it exist at that next level. I mean, that's a fair comment, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I think uh, on the whole, you you know, people can be
1: people can look at tenth and maybe go, oh, I expected better or or whatever. But I think on the whole, on the pitch, we all said, I, I don't know anyone who who said uh, anything other than let's aim for a top half finish and we'll probably finish about 10th. We've done that. Are we going to do that? So that's fine. And I think off the pitch as well, you can just see us going in one direction and that's that's forward. And um, it's nice to be part of the club where everyone feels the same because for so long we've had uh, fan bases split based on ownership for a while and managers and players. And it just feels that the vast majority of our looking at it and going, we're happy with this, let's enjoy it. And I think you look at the tendencies home and away, I think that shows because if, if no one, I think with Bolton at the moment, there's a, there's a feeling of FOMO, you know, you don't want to miss out on a game because you could be missing out on a Sunderland 6-0 or a Wimbledon 4-0, you know, so I think that's where we all are at the moment. Um, and like I said before, off the pitch, people can see the improvements that are being made around the stadium, in the club. So, uh, yeah, I think there's lots to look
0: forward to. Right, OK, time to move on. A few weeks ago, I asked for your memories of Dave Higson for a very special project that I wanted to do. And just a quick update, all still on track. We've got a couple more interviews to sort, um, and I should be able to put something together for the off-season, a special Dave Higson tribute uh, podcast, which should be really good. Um, we get loads and loads of good emails at the buff, so let's read out a few. Is that Philip Maresh? actually right okay are you sitting comfortably henry you've got your you've got your little easter egg there i can hear you munching away in the background
1: <laughs> yeah i'm trying to be quiet sorry but no he's left over so it needs eating
0: no it's fair enough it's fair enough i didn't have a single easter egg in my house this uh, this easter i'm absolutely amazed um, wow yeah did really well i've I don't know, I, just, I think the kids just saw it as a way of getting money. But um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, right. This one is from Richard. Uh, Dear guys, after hearing somebody send in an underrated X1 or team last week, I decided to turn it on its head and send you what I consider to be the most overrated team in my team uh, time watching Wanderers. I've been a fan since the mid-90s, so bear that in mind, he says, exclamation mark um every one of these players earned massive wages at bolton but were nothing but bang average players no wonder things were in such a mess richard having a bad day probably but um (laughs) it's you know he may well make some good points here so i'm going to read it out uh, from one to eleven i think he's gone with um a classic four three three um there's not a there's not a lot of creativity in this midfield, I might add as well. i just I'll say that for it. Um in goal, Adam Bogdan. Um a back four yeah. of uh, Dedrick Boyata, Tyrone Mears, Zap Knight, and Paul Robinson. Um a midfield Ooh. three, um Nigel Rio Coker, Josh Vella, Keith Andrews. And then a, a front three of Mustafa Riga, Ricardo Vazte and Johan Almanda. Henry, I'm going to ask you for your thoughts on that team.
1: Yeah, I think this... Uh, I mean, this is the thing with overrated. It's very subjective, isn't it? And I think uh, some of those I definitely agree with. I thought Paul Robinson was a bit harsh, actually. But uh, based in... The, I don't think many of us expected much when he signed. So I think maybe he was overrated, but based on the, that fact that we didn't think much... Um, <laughs> I would actually I definitely agree with Johan Elmander. I think um it's easy to look at his goal against Wolves and his uh the first half of the season uh before the Stoke game, um, under Owen Coyle. But I think he was there four years and in the three and a half before that Wolves game, um he didn't really do much at all. So I'd agree with that. I'd also put actually uh, Marcus Alonso in that bracket I thought, oh, af- apart from the championship, the first championship season where we almost got promoted and then he got his move to Fiorentina I think Yeah. I don't think he necessarily did much for us um, but yeah, some interesting choices in there mm. is there any that you're surprised at?
0: Um I think it's, I, I I take issue with what you said about Joanne Armando. It may be, it may well be a bit of a conversation point for another time, but I always mm. I always stick up for Yoan in as much as he, he signed for a for a manager that was you know, he, he didn't play the sort of football that was going to get the best out of him. I think it was a bad move coming to Bolton and I think Joanne will admit that now. Um, but I, I don't think you can criticise a player for coming in and not being used the way he wanted. I mean, he was playing central bloody midfield under Owen Coyle at one stage. I mean, good grief! He yeah. was, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I'll stick up to, for for Josh Veller as well, um, and my old mates, because uh, I think he. he you know, he wasn't always everybody's cup of tea, I get that in midfield, but he had a couple of really good seasons. Certainly the one where he played under Lennon at right back when he first kind of came through there. I thought it was a, a really good season. Um so I'm, I'm a little bit iffy on that one. But the rest of them I can kind of understand. Keith Andrews, I think, probably would captain yeah. that team. Or Rio Real Coca. Real Coca might captain that team, not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's really good if you have got any more additions to that or you do take issue let me know because that's quite a good little thread there overrated players which ones would you add um, right uh, another one another email this one's from John uh, morning guys great pod as ever one for the line of Jufty if you've got the time uh, Ian ever is pushing for the boys to keep their foot on the gas great for momentum uh, but has he seen the price of petrol these days or has he gone electric aha mm. uh-huh. um, my question is what are the financial benefits of finishing 11th 10th or 9th from the fi- prize fund distribution for the league um, thinking all things Bolton Wanderers, what about an ad hoc slot in the pod for upcoming events at the Uniball? Rugby League, World Cup, Champion of Champions, Snooker, Family Days. You might even get a freebie ticket or a complimentary packet of biscuits. Ah, right, okay, two things to think about there then. Um, First one, as far as the financial distribution, um, I mean, it's negligible, really, It's it's pretty negligible. Everybody gets the same amount at League One level of the central funding. And I think there's a, a little bit of weighting that goes on from top to bottom, but it's not, it's not anything that's going to, uh, well, it might keep me in biscuits for next season. That's probably about as uh, as, as close as it's going to come really, John. Um, I, I, I will try and find out the exact numbers for you. Um, they're not freely available, but I have got friends in high places uh, that might be able to tell me. Um as far as a, an ad hoc slot in the pod for upcoming events at the uniball i mean it sounds good it sounds good um i don't have any problem with that i would dis, discount the rugby league world cup um certainly the quarter final unfortunately um but yes the snooker and things like that i could i could go and watch a bit of that snooker you a snooker fan henry
1: uh um i'd watch it if i got a ticket i wouldn't necessarily watch it on tv but um uh, we got. Hey, we went to the beer festival, and that was a good, good event. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if any of those, if the uh, the snooker champions, of uh, champions, or the rugby league World Cup group stages want to sponsor the podcast, then that'd
0: be great. Yeah, we're going to the cricket on Friday as well. Aren't we? that's, uh, that's yeah, good. It's gonna be good. It's finally, end of end of the season, and this is paid up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is basically a payment. That's 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 exactly what it is. <laughs> Uh, right, we'll, we'll skip on, but I will think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put that under my hat, John, and uh, and we may well introduce that in the future. Um, this one's from Margaret. Uh, Dear Mark, I would be very interested, as I'm sure all Baltimore Wanderers fans would be, uh, to learn the result of one particular stat. I don't have access to the information, though I'm sure you do. I'd be grateful if you could do the exercise and publish the results um as you know gethin sadly missed a number of games this season i would love to know a comparison of bolton's results in games where he was playing as opposed to those he missed thank you for your excellent work and keeping uh, us updated on our beloved club um well i'm going to just do the quick the quick maths on this one um henry but there's no doubt about gethin jones being missed is there
1: there's not no. I
0: think he, he.
1: We talked about him. He actually kicked off this underrated chat an he overrated does. chat. He, no. he was obviously in the underrated category. But um, yeah, I think he's as when you look at the players that we signed at the start of last season, you have the likes of Doyle, Sarsavic, uh, Santos in a, a bracket of excited about good players. Geffen Jones kind of fell in the, the bracket below of, okay, they've been at that level. I think he's been at Carlisle, so it was a bit like, well, we're not expecting much from him, but he mm. could become a squad player. And if you look at the players we did sign at the start of last season, I think he's one of the only ones left now. So, I think he's it's shown that um, he's well-liked around the club. I think the stuff around what happened with his mum has shown that as well. and um, And, yeah, it would not surprise me if the stats come in that, actually, we've We've uh, really missed him.
0: Well, I can exclusively reveal that Bolton Wanderers have played um, 26 games without Gethin Jones this season. They've won eight of them, drawn seven and lost 11. And with Gethin Jones, they've played 27 games um, with him starting. And they've won 15, drawn seven and lost five. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the the win percentage is virtually double with Gethin Jones in the team is so Mar- you margaret you bob on um that's uh, that's quite a stat, isn't it quite a stat.
1: it is and i think when he moved in to a more central role as well uh at the start of this calendar year i think that contributed to a lot of wins as well so
0: right well it's time to unlock the crypt and summon an old feature Or barry night it's the segment that started it all uh, for people mm. people who don't know uh, this gives me and henry the chance to pick out the best and the worst thing that we've noticed at wanderers this week or in general i mean it doesn't have to be this week absolutely you know it had to have happened in the last seven days but um have you got a couple of ideas henry have you you've got them jotted down there on your easter egg wrapper
1: i have yeah and I've, i think for the the all right one. you may have a similar one to me but i think we've not mentioned it yet i think the whole um family day on monday it was an excellent day it was nice seeing all the videos afterwards and i think everyone enjoyed it a win helps of course but yeah it was uh no it was really good a good day bad by everyone
0: well yeah i mean i've 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 kind of tailed onto that because it, it was it was uh it it was brought to my attention on the family fun day but Lofty the Lion is my all right this week, because I think Lofty's getting ballsier. I think Lofty's Mm. starting to to creep back towards the the, the celebrated Lofty. Um, Some of the stuff, fantastic. Obviously, gets through so much work for the club, goes around the stadium on that family fun day, entertaining absolutely everybody. The looks on the little kids' faces when they see this giant lion coming up. It's... (laughs) It's odd to us adults, but honestly, that's pure joy. That's fantastic. You can't bottle that. Um, so well done, Lofty. But but most importantly, as a mascot for a football club, winding up opposition players and uh, supporters is ultra important. And Lofty's starting to uh, to get that right. I think.
1: Yeah, he used to do it years ago. Like you said, the heyday of Lofty. I remember. Well, I. I... Uh, started watching Bolton Chanel mid-90s and I'd definitely say mid-90s to the end of the noughties I thought Lofty was he you know he would wind up opposition he wound wound up Wolves fans famously at Burnham Park once he was uh, (laughs) dressing up as Elvis at one point he was just a box office and I think when you look at some mascots I I, I like Lofty I think we've got a good mascot there and uh, he's good to see that he's He's, he may be in his older age, he got a bit mellow in the last uh, 10 years, but he's certainly, he's got a second win now, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's what it is, he's, he's a silver surfer now, his, his old lofty. <laughs> um, right, for every all right, we have a Barry Knight, and I'm going to uh, give you my, uh, my Barry Knight for this week. We mentioned it slightly, just a couple of seconds ago, but rugby league quarterfinal, disappearing from the uni bowl, uh, because of mm-hmm. the snooker as well, which is weird. I, uh, I know the RFL haven't taken it particularly well. I think they've had to shift it over to Warrington. I understand the economic reason for Bolton Wanderers doing it, but really, I mean, it feels like a decision that probably could have been made a lot earlier. Am I just being harsh? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I don't know much about the ins and outs of it, to be honest. I did read uh, why it happened and what's happened. And, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's... I, it's difficult isn't it because i guess for the the club well if you, you you're annoying one without the other i mean home, you'd like to have thought there would have been a way around it but maybe the way the snooker schedule is where it's all packed into a week or two weeks maybe they felt well we can't just have a day off from it mm. um you think well if they've got this contract with snooker for for every year are they wanting to have it every year And maybe they're thinking, well, we'd rather keep them sweet rather than rugby uh, rugby league where, okay, they may get a semi-final or they may get an England match. But realistically, how many times are they going to have that event on at the stadium? Um, So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. And uh, it's a shame because... Uh, you know it is as good as it is to have the snooker in the darts at the club it's in the premier suite so you don't really get to see much of mm. where it is apart from when they tell you you don't it could be anywhere whereas with a rugby you obviously know it's at the the uniball um and it, i i just found it funny that we had that uh, event on when there's a um a rugby league club down the road and in a town that's rugby mad down the road that uh, that we won't have a match.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh on Whitehaven.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry to any Whitehaven fans listening, I'm very sorry.
0: What's your Barry Knight?
1: Mine is, uh, and as mine tends to be, it's based on social media, so uh, stick with me with this one. But um, it's about opposition fans. I'm going to go at Bolton fans for celebrating. Uh I think it's a, a really weird thing that's come in. I don't know whether this is, because I know a few Sunderland fans kind of got involved and said, oh, we've had this all season as well. And for anyone who isn't on social media or isn't aware of what's going on, basically the last, probably the last, um, well, not against Sheffield Wednesday or Portsmouth, I've got a caveat that, but against uh, other teams we've played in the last month, uh, mainly as uh, Doncaster and Accrington uh, over the weekend, the opposition fans... Um, I, I've been having a go at Bolton fans saying, oh, look at you celebrating as if you've won the, the league uh, because you've beaten us. How far have you fallen? It's like, well, well, how do you... What, do you want a polite golf clap? like <laughs> people are there well supporting the team they want to see us
0: win even though it do not mean anything so we're gonna celebrate no no Clive no you can't applaud that because it doesn't mean as much as beating Manchester United in 1978 I'm <laughs> oh, sorry that's uh, we, we, we will clap accordingly you can have a, a one-third volume clap because this is in the third tier um, no I'm not having that uh, nice no, absolute nonsense uh, very good one that Henry that's uh, uh, you if you've you've sparked um, a, a feature I was going to do in my Mind, which I always like. That it's kind of the reason I do the podcast, just to so to come up with ideas to write about. But there we go. Um, <laughs> right now, for something completely different. Well, Aldice's throw that was header, Gouling under it. Worthington, um, Worthington now from Gowling's header, and Worthington. Uh, Let's need some of the uh, responses rather to our survey. where um, we asked a few questions about the buff, um, asked people what they wanted us to do in the future and a few people said, well, we want to hear a bit more about the players. Uh, so, I mean, this isn't under the cosh. Let's just put that out there. I can't pay people to sit and get drunk and swear for hours and end. Um, and I'm also, I might add, not going to record other people's interviews and then pass them off as my own or even try and build them as live. As um, I'm mentioning no names, but other podcasts do it, um, other podcasts do it, other Bolton Wanderers podcast do it, uh, sorry um, I'm just going off track a bit there uh, but I thought we'd test this out right so see if this works we've only got a couple of the se- uh, games of the season left, every week before a game we get to speak to a player so I thought well fair, fair enough I'm going to give the fans a chance to ask one of those questions at the press conference and I will record the, uh, the response and I'll put it out on here on the buff this week, I've got Dapo Afolayan. Um, he's going to be speaking to the local press. As I'm recording this, I have no idea what the question is. I have no idea how Dapo Afolayan took it. He may well have punched me in the nose. I have no idea whatsoever. Mm. Um, but uh, with the magic of editing, this is how it went. I've got a fans question for you. So Go on. I'll read it out. It's from Dan Berry. Um, if you were Gaffer. What is the first thing you'd change about Baltimore as a club or as a team? Is there something you'd change? Be as light-hearted as you like, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If I was Gaffer, what was the first thing I'd change? Probably put yourself out on the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, probably that. Um, first thing I'd change. I don't know. I can't say anything about winding people up. I've already <laughs> been on the wind-up
0: today, so I can't, I can't <laughs> carry on anymore. He's got to tread carefully. i tell you what, have you seen that Frank Worthington goal? Do you know Do you know what I mean? When he flicks over, like he said. Yeah, yeah, so it's the anniversary of it today. Somebody asked me to ask you what you thought of that goal, so we'll go with that one instead. Um, Good goal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it once, I think. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good goal. Could um, you, uh, do you see yourself... Uh, doing a doing a Frank we're, yeah. we're, we're waiting for that last day of the season
1: yeah yeah I could try it you man. Know? Yeah, yeah I'll try I'll we'll see exactly. if the ball pops out to me might see it get you off your feet wouldn't it
0: so then we decided that Dappo actually needed to see the video of the goal and as you can see I mean the, the, the answer didn't get much better
1: oh god there we you go you'd be able to have a more informed opinion Boom. here
0: Dappo oh yeah so, can yeah, you that know with your left foot yeah, I could do it over my left foot. Yeah. You should have seen him pass it in today. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I could do that. The defending's a bit mad though. It's a bit clash, yeah, it is classy. It's a classic kit as well, by yeah, the way. Mm, classic kit. Yeah. It's one of the greatest Bolton kits, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I
1: didn't think he'd answer the question on, uh, you know, is it's he going to sign a? Twi- <laughs> yeah, that subject. Is he going to sign a twenty-five-year contract with Bolton? And and but I was I was pleasantly surprised if his oh. Sorry, you didn't use that
0: question, did you? No, never I'm keeping that for the paper. I'm keeping that for the paper. <laughs> um, no, that uh, D- Alpha Lion's favourite chocolate bar is a uh, topic. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope that works. It may well not have worked. We have no idea. Um, but, right, we're going to see this show out the best way I know how, and that's with a bit of music. And Simon Woods does our music. Um, and does an absolutely superb job of it too. Um, and even though he's had lots of things going on this week, uh, which I won't go into, but he's managed to produce us an absolutely brilliant song after listening to our list of underrated players last week. It's called King of the Underrated, all about Roy Greaves, a Bolton legend. Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say bye-bye before the song, and that's going to be the song that sees us out. This is going to be very professional, Henry. Um, this is going to be like uh, like Top of the Pops. Um, so so until next week um, tune in again we'll be deconstructing the Cheltenham game we'll be looking ahead to the final game of the season I'm sure we'll do a lot more than that but I haven't, I haven't even had a chance to think about it yet until next week I've been the old grey whistle test Mark Isles and
1: I've been a can't think of something to say before my name so I'm just going to say Henry Hewitt
0: and this is King of the Underrated by Simon Woods
1: He's the king of the underrated
0: His skills were never outdated The chances he created took us to the top